All right, we're live. I just need to flip the switch in the groups, which takes me a minute. So, how are you, Ben? Let's see. Just we're with, uh, we with Yahav Hartman. He is the CEO and founder of Magics. We will give a little bit of uh, time for some people to get in here, and then we'll kind of uh, get going. How have you been, brother? Good, good, Justin. How are you? Good. Doing awesome. Can't complain. Cool, man. Are we going live on uh, AdLibs Gold? Oh, we'll be in three. Yeah, we'll be in three groups today. So we'll be in the um, Gold, uh, Platinum, and Ad Buyers. Cool. So it will just give me one minute. I'm almost done. I'm doing the last group now. It's a whole process when you use a software. It's all good. It's not as easy as it used to be. It's pretty impressive that you can uh, broadcast to three groups at the same time. Yeah, it's pretty cool. We switched software a little bit ago. It's just uh, it's a lot more complex versus just going into one. You have to connect via API, and there's all kinds of stuff. So it uh, just takes a little bit more time. But I think we are good to go. So again, if you're just joining us, we are live out of um, at least platinum i am with yahav hartman he is the ceo and founder of magics and there's been quite a few questions um that have came up about the platform and kind of what it is and what it can do so that's kind of the reason uh for this um is for us to get our questions answered directly with the ceo and founder um let's go ahead and just kind of dive in yeah, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got kind of started out in the digital marketing space, um, uh, and, and kind of how long you've been doing what you're doing. Sure. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, Hartman, I'm based in uh, Vienna, Austria. Um, been, uh, been in the Facebook advertising space for the last uh, seven, eight years. Um, started in a marketing technology company, developed there the integration and advertising and basically ad tech uh, into Google and Facebook. Mm -hmm. uh, so I pretty much uh, quickly figured out all the back end um, of, of, of basically of Facebook ads, um, understanding how it works behind the scenes, how the algorithm works, uh, been working with uh, very large enterprise clients um, and understanding their needs and how they operate with, the, with, with Fortune 500 companies. Um, mm -hmm. And through that experience, I realized like how much money this, there is in this industry that we're living in. And it kind of really intrigued me. And I really said, I, I really got to figure out how this whole thing works. I felt like I figured it out from the back end. But back in that time, I never really actually managed the campaigns themselves. Around about that time, it was like four, three years, like three years ago, um, I, I went into the uh, I actually discovered like ad buyers and, uh, and uh, actually this group and specifically also Tim Baird uh, were a big uh, inspiration for me. Um, and from that point of time, I actually started a, a big ad agency. 
um, a high-end ad agency called the uh, Ross Ross Media, where we specialize on uh, big spenders. So yeah. only high-end clients. Uh, we managed to land uh, really uh, large fashion brands and big brand names. We were only working with advertisers spending like minimum 100k a month mm -hmm. on Facebook Ads platform. Uh, we quickly, quickly gained our success with those clients and kept growing. Um, and we had like uh, eight to 10 clients, but very, very large ones. And at that point of time, I started to scale the agency. But then I realized that uh, that most of the work that we were doing, like the, the technical uh, work and all the routines and the workflows of, of the media buying, it felt like we could automate this. And, and since I'm a product manager in my background, in my nature, I decided to basically to uh, start Magix and develop the mm -hmm. software that could eventually replace uh, all the work that we've been doing and basically just save us more time and help us uh, scale the agency. In the beginning, I, I, I kind of only gave it to a few friends and some agency owners, and we were developing it for already like uh, almost two years. Um, in the beginning, it was pretty small, mm -hmm. but over the, the last months, we actually we started to gain traction and the product also improved a lot. So, uh, so yeah, we're, we're now kind of growing, uh, we're actually growing really, really fast. So we, we keep ramping up the team. Already at Magix, we're 15 people with uh, three offices across the globe. We have um, in Tel Aviv our uh, R&D, mm -hmm. uh, another department in Ukraine, in Kiev. Uh, while over here in Vienna, where I'm based, it's uh, where the business development operates, our sales. Uh, we don't have much sales because it's kind of like a, it's a, it's a product-led growth uh, type of uh, business model. So yeah, um, there's not what? much sales going on. But yeah. So for those that don't know, like what Magix is, um, can you kind of elaborate on? Because your platform is a, in, encompasses a lot of things. Um, I know mm -hmm. our media buyers uh, and our agency internally use it and love it. Um, so kind of explain to us exactly what it is and what it can be used for. To give kind of uh, people a brief overview of what it can do before we start diving into kind of like uh, some of the fine details and questions. Sure. So uh, Magix is basically, it's an it's a advertising technology. Uh, we're becoming a uh, process of becoming a Facebook marketing partner. And basically Magix provides you all the tools and all the advertising technologies that you need to succeed as a Facebook advertiser. Whether you're an ad agency owner or you're a solopreneur or you're affiliate or you're a large agency or a brand or enterprise or Fortune 500 companies, at the end of the day, you run your, you need to manage this ad account and you need to bring the best performance. And there are a lot of areas you need to master. There mm -hmm. is audience creation. There is a bidding optimization. There's a split testing and multivariate test, testing and permutations uh, creations. And there's automated reporting. There is a launching a creative insight and launching better ads and mass launching ad sets. Uh, I believe that most people in those groups already know all of the hard work. So we realize that there are a lot of different areas. Okay. And actually, there are a lot of like a lot of point solutions that would give you a solution for bid testing or for automated reporting or for audience creation. But we realized that there was kind of no one platform that could really have it all in one. Yep. 
Right. And so that's kind of that's kind of the place we grew from. We developed this full stack uh, capabilities of doing everything, also automation, uh, automation tactics, and and yeah. So in, in terms of the the market, we kind of uh, there, there is there is first of all there's like the you know like smartly IO and Albert AI and all those guys and Kenshu Social, they're very much enterprise solutions. Right. And those guys. They have everything and the full stack, but it's really, really expensive. It's costing like, I don't know, five to 15% to, to hire those guys. And then you have the point solutions yep. that I mentioned, and you need a bunch of them in order to have all the areas. So we kind of like fit very mainstream mid market, uh, mm -hmm. providing all those tools and technologies for advertisers to succeed, to save time, to save money and to make more money from the Facebook ads. So I do know like when we utilize magic uh, and what I've been told by the media buyers that are using it and from other people is that you guys create like really, really good audiences with in, uh, inclusions and exclusions. And it's kind of like it, it, maybe you can talk into a little bit about how it does it and if um, maybe like how much pixel data or ad account data that you actually need to be, be able to make a, a big difference. But I've been told by a lot of people, like I was saying, is that the audiences that sometimes you guys create um, do very, very, very well, almost better than most audiences. Can you tell us on a little bit on on how that works on your on how your software is creating those audiences, how it's coming up with the inclusions and exclusions, and and kind of if it if it makes a difference for a media buyer just getting started out with fresh fresh pixel data. Versus one that spent, you know, hundred dollars mm -hmm. has a seasoned ad account. Mm -hmm. uh, sure, yeah. So uh, actually, Magix, uh, the basis of Magix of the whole platform is based on a on method, uh, the ARR method, which we've been using in our agency also internally, mm -hmm. uh, which is the basic uh, understanding of basically how you grow a business. You need to acquire more customers, you need to convert more customers, and you need to sell more to your existing customers. So we identified those three areas as the acquisition prospecting, okay. basically acquisition, retargeting, retention. And then acquisition splits into two parts, which is prospecting and remarketing. And they all have smart exclusions between them. So this way we're making sure that uh, we're figuring everything out from that an attribution standpoint. It's a way of structuring your campaigns and uh, having an organization in your account and managing ROAS targets across campaigns. And basically based on this, the whole philosophy of the audience creation uh, was created. Um, that, that's on the macro level. Uh, is there a way to share a screen? Maybe I could make it even. Uh, yeah, you can actually. If you go, if you click up, um, if you hover up towards like the top of your where the mic is and stuff, there should be something where you can share a screen. Yeah. Can you see my screen now? Yes. Cool. Um, so something really, really powerful about this platform is that we automatically identify your acquisition, retargeting, and retention performance. So people are logging in here, and right away they're getting insights that they never seen before. So uh, many, many customers are not like 95% of the people, or 99, I would say, are, they're just not even running retention ads. And it's, a, it's a big opportunity. I just went. Uh, I just finished a call with another customer. They were spending only a very small portion of their 
budgets on retargeting, yeah? Um, and it really helps you to, to make sense of the data because, for example, if retargeting ROAS is lower than acquisition, you want to shift those budgets, yeah? So it's kind of a way of thinking about, even here, you know, the retention ROAS is 2.31. It doesn't even make sense to spend that much money on retention. I would rather shift those some of this budget into acquisition because acquisition Correct. has better uh, ROAS. So this, this classification is done right away. Mm -hmm. uh, once you understand like the, the overview of your account, where does your revenue come from, uh, you, you have a bird eye view, then we go into the audience creation, uh, which is over here. I think that's the, the point that everybody has been uh, everyone was talking about. Um, yeah. Basically, over here, uh, um, the audience creation page, we have acquisition re-engagement, acquisition prospecting. Uh, I'll scroll down here. We have re retention ads, a lot of use cases, and as well for retargeting. Mm -hmm. um, within, within each one of those areas, there's a lot of uh, sophisticated audiences. Um, I can show you like uh, I can show a few examples, but basically you also like launch all of them in one shot. Like we just go ahead and select every everything from here, or I can just go and select like specific ones, and then you can also go here. And the categories are you see we have ERFM customer module and visitor module. This is something that a lot of people are are seeing amazing result with because it's an AI audience uh, mm -hmm. for prospecting. What does it mean, AI audience? It means that we're having a machine learning algorithms that read the pixel data from the ad account, and then they create uh, segments, micro segments, from your pixel data uh, based on different audience values, uh, which is based on the ERFM module, which is recent, mm -hmm. recency, frequency, monetary value. And every account is different, so there's like no one way that it creates for every account it's created in different uh, with different parameters that's why they're kind of working so good and um, i can show you also examples of, of like how we use them and uh, randomly select a few uh, you can also create audiences based on your catalog so from specific products or categories uh, social media fan video viewers uh, device personas and uh, niche lookalike special audiences there's there's really a lot of things we don't have time to, to cover everything because it's a lot I'll just randomly select here a few examples um, yeah and then uh, you can just go ahead whatever I selected like seven audiences here you click next and let's also select retention that you have a full view and this is kind of also the, the structure we recommend basically for every advertiser uh, to have kind of like every starting point will always be kind of like have four campaigns, okay? Have the retention campaign, have the retargeting, have an acquisition re-engagement campaign, which runs after video views, ad engagers. These are the people that have not yet visited your website, okay? So, so the exclusions, you asked also about the exclusions, the exclusions here are built in. Retention is excluded from all of them because yep. we don't want to target existing customers and and, uh, and retargeting is also, uh, re, uh, we use the retargeting audience and we exclude it from the acquisition to make sure that the traffic that comes from Facebook actually comes from Facebook and uh, yeah, and not from other sources. 
this is kind of like a basic structure uh, that we recommend everyone kind of to start with. You can decide if you want CBO or not. In this case, I will go without CBO because I personally and prefer most of the time not to use CBO, even though CBO works good like with larger audiences. Uh, but just for this example, you can also launch the audiences into an existing campaign or create a new campaign. But those are kind of like our magic default campaigns. Sure. Um, and it's kind of also very like people see the value right away because uh, usually when they create the campaigns, you just have campaigns called magics and you have your own campaigns. And then if you go like to ads manager, filter by campaign magics, it would be really easy to see, like, we always see like 90% of the cases, our ROAS is just higher compared to the other campaigns in the account. Sure. And it's also a way kind of like how to measure. Then you click next. This is the place where you select the creative for all those audience, campaign one, two, three, four. Um, you can select here the audiences, uh, sorry, the creatives. So that will suck and in all the creatives from the ad account, basically. Yeah. And it's, it's pretty cool because you can, over here, you can actually, for example, grade it by ROAS. Um, and over here, you can also, uh, for example, let's say we're launching now only acquisition, not the full funnel, okay? I have here the full funnel. But let's say we're just doing acquisition, okay? I can even delete it from here. But if we only do acquisition, I would go here and I would filter by acquisition. Okay. And then I can, and then now it will find what, what, which are my best creatives for acquisition. So already when you create the ad set, not just that you're having the best audiences possible, you're also having your best ads for acquisition. And you can do the same for retargeting and retention. So I'm going here. You can also select a bigger time frame, and I'll go ahead and select like I don't know my top four or six audience ads, whatever. You can also go here and uh, save your creatives like. You know, like top six, I don't know, top six creatives, creative last seven days, and I'll save it. You can also insert by post ID or ad ID in, ca uh, in case you want a, you can't find the ad or you want like a different ad. Um, but already when you select here, we're going to use the post ID. So there's no need to worry about that. Awesome. You can also launch ads from Facebook and uh, Instagram from here like as a, as a source, um, which is kind of cool. Like if you, this is actually really useful for people that like, if you're, if you're looking for creative for your uh, retargeting, uh, for your retargeting or your retention audience, it's a really strong creative, like start from your Facebook pages because you're going to reach high frequency. Uh, so it's kind of like easy way to do it. How does um, your system, like, so if we have say a bunch of campaigns already built into the, into the ad account, how is your system able to classify what is top of funnel, middle of funnel, bottom of funnel? How is your system taking apart our stuff to be able to categorize it like that? Yeah, that's a great question. We actually developed a, like a machine learning Python, Python model that ran, ran on hundreds of uh, accounts, and then like that we and, and then we had to go one by one on the audience and to decide is this acquisition, retargeting, or retention. Uh, it actually we did it like a, over a year ago, and it took us a lot of time. I was also like doing it for for hours at some point, and and yeah, and, and then at some point we we found all the different variables of, uh, of, of that are possible in Facebook, uh, because you know if you're doing DPA or a different campaign objective or DCO, all the settings change. So it's really really difficult. 
so we classified it and now it automatically kind of recognizes your your audience in case there is a mistake you can always like uh, reclassify it from the campaign overview tab okay right over here um, okay so we selected our creatives uh, and then the next step it will be just to define a few settings so for example, here, this is the AI audience. So it's infrequent silver value customers. So it's going to take people that uh, have a low frequency and uh, silver is like a lower value. Mm -hmm. And every account has a different definition for let's say high value, mid value, low value, high frequency, mid frequency, low frequency. So in order to figure those things out, either you go to Facebook analytics and break your head and try to analyze and it's, it's really uh, difficult mm -hmm. or it can take, a, I don't know, a few hours or one, two days or so until you create all the audiences. Or you create a lot of variations, like hundreds of audiences and manually, which is nobody would really do it. So that's actually how our system does it. <clears throat> we create all the like hundreds of possibilities. Then we see what is the deepest we can go, how deep we can go in the audience quality in terms of like high frequency, high value, and to have an audience that is large enough okay we have constraints from facebook you know the custom audience has to be like minimum size of 100 in order even to create a lookalike and it's also recommended to go higher so the system figures those things out yeah. and then you can look alike so this is already built in every all this complication happens in the back end so it, you don't even see this complication here maybe the only thing is the recency where you can affect we can say okay let's use 180 days data then we go for the country this is also pretty cool because it shows you like your best countries by Ross. I, we saw hundreds of advertisers that if, didn't even know, eh, and then eh, suddenly, you know, France is actually a profitable region. Look, we have four ROAS, 107 purchases. Uh, it's, it's definitely underspending. So let's do France, uh, UK, uh, I don't know, and Portugal in one ad set, for example. Then here you can decide on the percentage. You can something cool that you cannot do from the front is to go up to 20% lookalike. Select the conversion objective. So on that, and I know a lot of people will say, well, wait a minute, 20% lookalike. Well, Facebook only does 10% lookalike. So how right. are you able to do 20%? So through the Facebook API, they actually let you go up to 20%. I'm not sure why they don't uh, enable this functionality from the front end. Interesting. We see that it works really good. Like, I don't know if you, you do it for, usually if your account works with large audiences, mm -hmm. then it's going to be like, it's going to really crush it for you because it's just one step, like something between like, you know, like a 10% to like the whole world or like the whole population. Uh, so if broad targeting works good for you, 20% for sure will crush it. Hmm. Then, then over here, uh, you have the ages. I'll, I'll just make my screen bigger that it's easy to see. You see, for example, 18 to 24 have such a low ROAS, and nobody would think like initially to, you know, to rem let's remove this segment here, or you know, maybe even like 25 to 34 are not so good, or let's let's remove them too. Um, fem male are better than female, so let's remove. You know, you can just from a click of a button like remove them. You can also see the full breakdown for the platforms. So it's kind of like those insights are built into the execution. So it makes it very easy to, to, to make multivariate testing 
uh, the, to play around with, uh, you know, like it helps you to find actually what should you test on, okay? So I click now save changes, it will now move to the next audience, uh, but like you could also kind of like uh, click duplicate so, over here, then you have like a clone. And then in the clone, I can say, you know what, in the clone I want female, and I also want to remove uh, Instagram because Instagram is not good for me, you know? And then I'm only left with the high ROS placements. I'm uh, with the best ages. I left demographics open. This is my daily budget. Uh, and that's it. It's that easy to create a permutation that is very, very likely to succeed because you're testing based on, uh, on, the, on real data that worked. Hmm. So let's save it here. Um, the next audience is infrequent high AOV potential visitors. Also, this is an AI audience, but it's not based on your customer data. It's not based on people that purchased. It's based on your website visitors. And also in the website visitors, we have another module for high intent and low intent. High intent is everyone that added to cart, add payment info, initial checkout. I won't go into it, but it's worth testing. This is another uh, very cool audience called top seed audience to look like from. Uh, this is actually a must-have uh, audience for everyone to create. I don't see a reason that anyone will not create this audience because it's it's guaranteed to be one of your best performer audiences in the account because, again, it's based on data. Uh, let me show you how it works. You click here, and look, it automatically sorts all the seed audience in your account by their performance. So it actually, how it works, it looks at all of the lookalikes you have what are their performances? It aggregates their performances uh, and, and consolidates the data according to the seed audience. And now you know that this seed audience is a, is, a, is a good one. So I will go ahead and select one, two, three, four, five. All those audiences had a high ROS. So I'm going to take five audience together with 1% and that's it. Basically, you click Save Changes, and you and Magix will automatically create a one percent lookalike for France, United Kingdom, Portugal. Uh, yeah, here we're not targeting the USA, but imagine like USA, Canada, whatever your best performing countries at one percent. So what is happening here? We're actually receiving an audience size of around three percent. You know, like two to four percent, and and. But it's it's all it's all built and it consists of a lot of one percenters from your best audience and they're all together. So it's it's a really high quality audience, and and also it has a large enough size to to perform. Also here you can duplicate, and there's something that's worth testing. Let's do it with uh, I don't know with the top ten. You know I can continue here to the top ten, and now let's try the top ten, and you you'll have ten times different audiences at 1% in one asset. Again, very, very powerful. And that's top seed audience to look like from. You save changes. Okay, here we're already moving to re-engagement campaign. There's not much settings. Most probably in re-engagement, you just want to go like with all the ages because it's people that already kind of like saw your video, interacted with you. So you still want to kind of like, you don't want to be too picky on the audience because you already like initially target them in a smart way, I hope. <laughs> And then you click uh, Save Changes, it goes to, again, okay, 180, this is Video Enthusiasts. Um, it's uh, basically Video Viewers, Save Changes. Uh, that's, uh, that's also actually really cool. We have Exclude Bouncers, that's retargeting campaign, recent visitors 0 to 30, you can exclude the uh, bouncers. 
and it will get rid of everyone that visit the site for less than three seconds mm -hmm. uh, because you just you don't want to have those uh, necessarily in your targeting campaigns yep um, that's it you click save save uh, retention audience you save and that's it basically those are all the ads we selected uh, eight ads uh, and two of them are actually from a Facebook post. Eight of them are from ads. And those are all the namings. If, if you want to like white label it, you can also like change it, I don't know, to, you know, like whatever. Yeah, Hartman, YH, and uh, I don't care about the audience type or, or you do care, it doesn't really matter because they go into different campaigns. So you can also like get rid of this, for example. Uh, and then you click apply the name also remove like placements now oh, and you, you just get all the naming structure ready now you go up you just select okay do you want to lunch now do you want to lunch at midnight do you want to schedule a time or do you want to go with lunch time optimization that will basically launch the let magics optimize and lunch time for the best performance in your account and in this case it's at one so 15 minutes before the optimal time, it will launch to assure that it uh, gets delivery at, uh, by, by 1 p.m. Um, it, it's calculated based on a historical uh, performance data for your mm -hmm. metric, like ROAS. But you can also, if you're doing like cost per lead or app install, or whatever, it, it will also work. Sure. Uh, and yeah, now you just click next, and that's it. Everything is launched into your don't need to to do anything more. You have all the four campaigns with all the ad sets and sophisticated audiences and ads. One thing that is important to mention is that the AI audiences take three to five hours to fully optimize. Three to six hours. So people should not touch them in the beginning because at the beginning it just goes kind of with the default audience for that uh, parameter, and then. It creates hundreds of audiences, and once we figure out the most optimal audience for the setting, it removes and deletes all the other audiences to clean up your account and to make sure you only stay with the most optimized one. And so this process takes like yeah, up to six hours, so not to touch. And yeah, that's kind of like how you you know that's how you launch those. That's how you kind of use those audiences and launch them as part of a, a new campaign, a new asset, uh, basically. Uh, call it a new strategy yep and that's kind of the first part of the of the product okay yeah. what is so when you say first part there's more what else what else does this software what else do you do um yeah so so after you launch the strategy now you have uh, new campaigns and ad sets and uh, again it's all it's all uh, isolated from your existing stuff uh, the next thing you want to do is to manage those campaigns, ad sets, and ads, okay? So you can go here to automation tactics. Sorry, automation tactics, I want to leave this page. Um, by the way, we're uh, soon about to release a uh, custom automation uh, which is uh, something on top of, uh, of our current tactics Not sure my internet is slow. cool um, so yeah basically you see this account uses all the like you click create new tactic over here and yeah. then it opens this 
So uh, also a lot of the stuff that uh, team uh, the team strategies and uh, team, like team bird strategies uh, you can really really easily achieve it uh, from here. Uh, and those those strategies are consisting of uh, day trader tactics and also long term tactics that uh, optimize your account over time. Uh, by the way, we, I also requested the team, for example, to use the naming of uh, Surf to increase the asset budget. Got it. Uh, yeah, just a side note. Um, it was cool with it. <laughs> uh, other than this, uh, yeah. So basically, here you don't need to you don't need to create kind of like custom rules. You can simply go and uh, let let me show you, for example, the sunsetting tactic. This is actually a pretty cool tactic where we first of all we score all of your acquisition assets. Okay, according to the ROAS uh, in the last three and seven days and what's trending upward, what's trending downwards. And, and a very unique capability we have is to track how much money are you spending on an asset without a purchase. So this is something that I don't know any other system that can do it. Uh, it's actually, it was, it was born from media buyers running the ad, ad account and trying to figure out, okay, we have a good ad set. You know, like you have a good ad set like early on in the day or at some point uh, in the week. But then later on, it starts losing all the profits and a profitable ad set suddenly becomes like a loss, an ad set with loss. So we thought like, how can we combat this issue? And we, we came up to a conclusion that every time that an ad set according to the performance, okay, let's say if it's a top asset performance and, and you have an asset, even if the ROS is amazing, yeah, even if the ROS is 10, but now we had an asset spending 64 pounds without a purchase, we want to reduce the budget by 15% or 20%, you can also change it. This way you can make sure that uh, if something not working, you're actually taking action immediately, just like a media buyer that all day long since on the ad account, and decreases and increases budget, it's the same thing. Just here, the system in real time finds it, reduces the budget, and then the ads, asset goes back into the auction. And in most cases, when you just make a small decrease uh, on an asset that doesn't perform, it goes back and performs uh, better again. Uh, if if it doesn't work and we spend 143, yeah, or whatever we, wherever we put it, 21, it will shut it down for good. Also, before it shut it down for good, it will make a sanity check and it will only pause assets that fall below the ROAS of two. So even if you don't have a purchase with 121, but your ROAS, let's say uh, in the last three days, including today data is, uh, is, above, is above two. So it will not shut it down. It's, it's a very, all of those uh, things were written in blood. So the system is, you know, the, this system is already, we, we know all the issues and all the things and uh, it's a tactic that works and then you just click next. Right. By the way, it mainly works for ABO, right? For asset budget optimization, but it can also, it also works for CBO, but then it will only like turn off the asset. It will not do the, the budget decrease. So I actually recommend to use this asset with ABOs. Um, then here you can decide like, where do you want to launch the campaign? You might say, I don't want to, I only want to launch it into the, the magic campaigns. For example, actually here, every, this in this account, everything is magic campaigns, but you might say, I want to do it only here in the magic campaigns. And mm -hmm. there's two buttons over here. I'll zoom in. Sorry, zoomed in too much. There is like a one click and two clicks. Okay. 
So if you click one time, it will uh, apply the rule on all of the ad sets in this campaign. And if you click two times, it's automatic. So there's A here. Every time you add an additional ad set into this campaign, it will get the rule. It will get the rule as well automatically. So this is very, very, uh, it's a luxury thing because uh, you don't need to change, you, know, you don't need to change the ad set name or the ad name or you know to play with all those things. You can simply come here and uh, select which campaigns you want, which campaigns you don't want, which ad set, which ads, and, and it's very kind of easy to control. And if you select automatic, um, you don't need to come back here and every time apply it again and again. Hmm. So it saves us a lot of time. Okay. This is just, again, this is just example of one tactic, but uh, there's so many, you know, there's the stop losses, they're very smart. Um, there is a surf, look at the surf, how smart it is. You can say, okay, let's surf based on purchase data. And if my ad set reaches one purchase, or I don't know, you can do it like whatever you want, you can change it. And the spend is less than 26.7, I want to increase my budget, okay? And it will increase according to this algorithm. The algorithm takes into consideration the historical performance and the grading of the ad set, as well as the, the, the budgets. Uh, it automatically identifies what is a low, medium, and high budget in the account. And of course, the lower the budget and higher the performance, the more you want to increase. You can also apply surf limit. And look how cool, at midnight, it will automatically reset to the original budget. So if something surfed from, I don't know, from 50 uh, by 50% to 75, then uh, at midnight, it will go down to 50. So. Uh, it's some, I, I don't know how is it possible to do it with other tools, but I kind of never really figured out a way to do it without uh, without this logic, because time you increase in 50 and then reduce in 50, you kind of would never end up in the original number you had. Right. Um, so this way, even, it, so it's actually an interesting point because the product is designed to work uh, uh, side by side with a media buyer. It's, complementary and it works with full orchestration with a media buyer because now if you go to your ad account and you manually scale some ad set to 80 then you don't need to be worried that you need to change this rule you know you don't need to go back to the rule and change it to reset to a different amount you say okay the system is smart it will anyway serve by 50 percent uh, if there's a surf event and then it will uh, it will downscale the budget at midnight into the original one which is the one that I actually scaled, like it's after the, after my own scale, yeah? Yep. And uh, and all the tactics, they also work in a full full orchestration between themselves. So you can, you can have the ad level stuff, and you, you see this is stop loss. You can do even a stop loss on outbound clicks. So every time you get, a, I don't know, if you don't get a click with 172 of spend, it will basically shut down your, uh, your ad um, and then at midnight, it will turn it back on to give it a chance for the ne next day. So hmm. it's, this is really pretty much like, a, I don't know, shotgun or shotgun strategy with surfing and stop lossing and, uh, and this type of things. Uh, and then there's, of course, the opposite tactic, which is revive. Yeah, so it's purchase. Uh, and every time we get the purchase, we're going to check. Okay, by the way, the system uh, rules and um, every uh, two clicks, every 10, 10 whatever in spend, like $10, 10 euro, 10 whatever, Nepal money, I don't know, in spend, or every, uh, so two clicks, 
10 in spend um, or or every 20 minutes or 15 minutes as a backup but it's it's supposed to be like real time uh, it's, it's basically real time uh, triggering so actually here once we got the purchase in real time we get the purchase event because we're using a different api endpoint of facebook and in real time we'll be able to get this to know that there was a purchase we check the ad is the ad now with the, the purchase above 2.16 ROS, if it is, it revives it back on for the day because you want to have this asset running. And I believe that most of the people already knows, know those strategies. It's just kind of an easy way to do. We also have your, a pretty cool solution for surfing up your CBO campaigns. And it conducts three checks a day. And there's also a double check to see if the ROS was not increased. It can reduce the budget by 20% if it didn't work, but you can also turn this one off. How, how often normal checks how often are these rules running is it every half hour 15 minutes so uh the rules are checking all the time in real time and, and real the real time definition is uh, it's what i said so when i go like back here to the stop loss that is relevant for what we're talking about so for example if we're looking at this rule mm -hmm. uh, to check if the purchase is a uh, if actually what it's going to check, it's, it's going to like, what is the point that it checks the spend? Like to check this condition. This is a condition. So yes. we're going to check this condition every 10, 10 or five in spend or every two clicks, which happens like every half a dollar or every $1 or maximum, you know, like, or, or every 15 minutes. So if we catch it in 15 or 20 minutes, maybe it's 20 minutes, the recurring one, I'm not sure. It's uh, it's uh, it, it should not it should not reach the point of 15 or 20 minutes. It's much faster. It's a matter of minutes or seconds or it depends how fast like the the, the spend. Like if you have an account that spends a lot, then yes. well, doesn't it's gonna, correct me if I'm wrong. Doesn't the API only update every 15 minutes? So uh, wouldn't like even Facebook spend? I thought and correct mm -hmm. me if I'm wrong. Updates every 15 minutes. So wouldn't this just basically run once that updates every 15 minutes then? With the results, I'm I'm not sure. Like I'm not sure how the maybe the front end updates every 15 minutes, but I, I'm not sure if the I'm not sure if the front end and the back end in that sense are the same. But in terms of the technology that we're using, we are not using uh, recurring checks. We actually have recurring checks, but these are backup. Got it. Okay. okay? We we are we're listening. We're listening to events that are happening on Facebook, like clicks or a purchase or amounts like spend $10 or spend $5 or two clicks. And then every time that this event happens, we then check for the condition. Yeah. So this way uh, we get the most closed the API, uh, uh, like, you know, at, at the end of the day, for example, in those crazy CBO spendings, Actually, yeah. it happened. Uh, it happened to, to one of our customers. It, um, there was a crazy CBO spending, and they came to us. Hey, like, what happened? Why didn't it stop it? Then we investigated it, and what actually happened is that in one second, like in one call, like Facebook didn't have like every time we would check, or they didn't even tell us that there was a change. There were no clicks. There was no data at all. It was kind of frozen. And then the moment we received some kind of signal from the system that something moved. Uh, we we checked and it already jumped from like thirty dollars to two hundred, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. This is something we have nothing, we can't do anything about it and not any provider, no one could do anything about it. But what I can, I can guarantee that we are the fastest that we can, we're the fastest ones that can stop such a spending. Yeah, because we have those uh, double technologies, one they invent, API event tracking, uh, listening to those events and reacting events and the recurring checks as a backup. Got it. Okay. So, uh, so that's kind of really, really technical, but I think it's kind of also explains uh, something that maybe I think it was kind of like an open question also in the group about uh, yeah. CBO. And I do have, so we have about 15 minutes left and I want to jump into just some like some uh, questions. If we start to jump into some people's questions. Um, one, I had a question and I'm not sure the answer to this actually. Um, he uses, and I think a lot of people use for like reporting supermetrics in Data Studio. Is this something that can somewhat take over client reporting as well or not? So let me show you. Over here we have automated reporting. Again, this this, this whole software was actually designed from an agency for agencies. So actually in our agency, we only we were only doing Facebook ads, okay? so. We don't. We if you're an agency that is only doing Facebook ads, uh, so for sure we have a solution for you to uh, automate your client reporting, which is basically you can 